So as we're you know, preparing to, or imagining, as we always do, we always imagine, <laughs> entering a different mode of being in the next few days, which um, will be many signs and markers that remind you of uh, you know, conventional life, your history, your ongoing um, connections and responsibilities, duties, obligations, uh, perhaps carrying these marks of uh, interest or enthusiasm or difficulty and pressure. Mm. So, yeah, we must always you know, recognize that a <coughs> Dhamma practice isn't, uh, doesn't exist in a vacuum or a void. It's conducted in a karmic world, in a world of cause and effect in which we inherit or are in fact being molded out of previous effects, out of being born, having a body, and so on, and all the things we haven't necessarily done, but we've inherited. We park a karma, being born with sense faculties in this time, in this country, or, you know, so we inherit all that. And it's not, the karma is not our fault, apart from you were a bit silly getting born in the first place, but anyway, let's, let's we all did that, so let's kind of... <laughs> so, you know, this is, karma is not kind of gloomy for, it's just the recognition of, of you know, this is, this, is the rea- this is our conventional conditional reality and uh, has to be tackled, has to be met. Yeah. And so even though on retreat, we're perhaps meeting it much more in in a you know in our, under our skin, as it were. Actually, it's always under our skin, but uh, conventionally speaking, we're operating in a time realm whereby it seems to be outside. That's what happens as things speed up and. Uh, our energies move into the conceptual. Conceptual throws it out into the world around me with its promises and interests and urgencies and whatever. Yeah. So it's the recognition you have, an, you know, different domains and often in meditation we are beginning to work on the domain of transferring things or down stepping from the conceptual where it's tomorrow and friday and you know my friends and family out there into something more level down emotional is my concerns and and interests and eagerness and worries and these people are images that carry that for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
no images. Not saying they don't exist, but my experience of them is images that sit in my heart or move around in that field, call it a field, like a magnetic field, heart field. And this in a way is, is a lot of meditation is just beginning to can't do that more thoroughly from the conceptual, where it's very much the field is around me. You know, there's time and place around me in different countries and different towns and different neighborhoods around me. So it's a very it's a field out there which we often feel ourselves to be um, sometimes surfing on, sometimes capsized under the the, the impressions of that. You step it, the charge down to the emotional field, and it's very much what well, is within me. Yeah, it's, and this is a, a transformational place for practice, where we begin to tease out the image from, you know, the perception we could say image. This is vipaka. We all have this capacity to to. Um, for our minds to form images, that's how we operate in terms of time and place. <coughs> it's an image in my mind. And then you, there's that, and then there's the sankara, which is the volitional push associated with the feeling, which could be eagerness or frustration or worry or whatever. It's that. So you t- there's two things there. There's the image, and then there's the Sankara, the volitional push. So that, and then when the two come together, then you get action. You get uh, fresh karma. For good, hopefully, and sometimes for not so good. Mm -hmm. So, these uh, the points where things really suddenly hit you for good or for bad. That's the meeting of conditions to give them like the flame touches the paper, you know, and things light up for good or for bad. This is how dharmas arise, gain potency out of a matrix of old karma and chanda, interest. Oh, yeah, what's that? Then could be good, could be bad. That's the heart level. Take it down to the somatic level, it's another step lower, you could say, or the time span is much slower in the somatic domain, the emotional domain, it's still fairly brisk, reactive. Somatic level, mm, slower. You know, feel a sort of surging or a movement in my body, sense of space in my around me is becoming more congested or pressurized. Feel like my nerve, my nervous system is revving up with enthusiasm or with disappointment. You know, it's a little bit slower. 
and then you begin to actually see the more clearly perhaps the sheer the imageless push where suddenly the images are not so clear of him and her and them and that but what's more clear is the pushing or the dragging or the flaring or the fluttering in the somatic field in the somatic field doesn't do the same things it doesn't operate in quite the same way yeah, so you might drop an image in there of my job and take it into your body from the heart concept heart mood feeling into the body feel yeah I feel strong with that I feel balanced I feel strong good excellent well then that's this good karma isn't it yeah. feel clear feel strong feel steady with that it's great when you get those things line up think, yeah this is what I want to do yeah, good karma so you're getting a pretty you're kind of taking it down to to the somatic level where you can more experience just exactly what's the you know more how full it what's the push in this and is it something I can really be with so my entire body is yeah you know I'm balanced I'm not twisted up I'm not sagging I'm not compressed I feel strong in that I feel clear in that I feel comfortable in that good karma You feel you're in your own time in that. You feel like, yeah, I can walk my walk. I can move along in that. Maybe I'd like to walk briskly, but it's my walk. So you're not necessarily looking at being super slow, but feeling you're in your stride. Lovely to know that when you're in your stride, it's creative. Life is then creative potentials when we're in our stride. And we have no regrets about the actions we do. In your stride, you're in your flow. Everyone really acknowledges this from time to time. And this is the optimal place. So you want to know that. When it's not optional, when it's fractured, when it's dissonant, when it's disturbed, you want to know that. Say, just wait, pause on that one. Let's see if we can go down to the ground. Almost a very primary level of just awareness as if there's nothing whatsoever to do to be received and let some of those charges those energetic surges just let them rest and be absorbed and then you know where do we begin where do we begin to enter our karmic field well what about Am I well with this? Am I comfortable with this? Am I allowed to be here with this? Am I welcome with this? Am I fully here with this? Even before we really sketching what the this is, coming into a presence which feels some sense of, yeah, I'm okay, you know, I haven't got a debt to pay. Um, I'm, I'm okay. And then from there, where do I act with integrity? that keeps me whole, free from regret, free from afflictive sankaras, afflictive karma. These are not five minute jobs, but they are, you know, why we spend our meditating, you know, just to get one signal. 
just to keep resonating. No, that doesn't feel good. No, wait a minute, mine's wandered off again. Let's get back again. What really does that mean to me? What really is the one piece there in all this, you know, flood or tangle of, of thoughts and impressions? Yeah. The feeling of interest or the feeling of burden? The feeling of feeling comfortable or feeling compressed? Feeling in debt or feeling welcome? Feeling creative or feeling frustrated? What are these? Feeling withdrawn, like don't want to enter anything, just want to shut down altogether, don't want to feel anything. If it's like that, then ask yourself, what would be fun now? Fun? (laughs) Okay, that's a bit too far. (laughs) What would be (laughs) mildly enjoyable? Could you move forward just an inch, gently, you know? Because the withdrawn state where you just, oh, I just don't want to open into anything because, you know, it might go wrong or... Okay, well, imagine there's something just gently enjoyable an inch in front of you. <laughs> you know, or five minutes ahead of you. Or just the other side of the door. Just that encouragement to rise up into the potential for happiness, goodwill, and you resonate that, you come out of the frozen states, withdrawn states. So if you can't, you know, get any sense, just start to, you know, pop a few seeds in. What would it like to be, to be free, to have all the time in the world, to be somebody interested in you, or welcomed, or what's not here. Hmm. We're just kind of getting, this is, so we're trying to get our body-mind to be resonant, and sometimes it just shuts down altogether. So you're just encouraging it. There is, have faith, there is a better, there is a more blessed, field of karma, of good karma, to, that you could move into. You don't know exactly what and where specifically. Jitta doesn't give you those answers. But it says just rise up in faith, an inch of faith, five minutes of faith. Get the shroud off your back, the feeling of limitation. Next moment you never know. Life is potentials. Life is potentials. Mm. You don't have to shut down into who you think you are. Mm. So, you know, one thing in meditation is just to be able to refresh one's one's body, mind, heart, from from the frozen states or the compacted states or the overwhelmed states or the too much going on to really be able to read anything properly because the mind is just ricocheting into Vienna just slowly resonate. Find time. As I said before, find your 
your real time. And it's not calculable in terms of seconds or minutes. It's where the pressure and the drag and the push isn't. You flow. You may flow rapidly like a mountain stream. We may flow slowly. Pausing, rippling. So rising into karma, into actions, recognizing we live this lifetime in this plane, this field of karma. And we must enter it. We've been we never never left it in the first place. But, you know, increasingly as this uh, retreat comes towards closure, we begin to recognize, well, you know, don't be deceived by the appearance of the field. Sometimes it seems around you, looks like three-dimensional objects, sounds like them, they yap at you. (laughs) They definitely seem to be out there. You know, they shout down the phone at you. Can't say there's nobody there. No, didn't really say that. Didn't, it's not that there is no external world, external reality, but just bearing in mind what you're really on top of is, you know, what the being touched, being affected, being moved, and the resistance of that, or the unwillingness to that, or the being thrown by that and receiving that impact uh-huh what's happening practice it if you can't get it you know exactly crisp and perfect just this vague sense of mm, why just don't feel steady you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what what's uh, what's the response to this Looking to see if you can just find some more time, pausing, saying, uh-huh, I understand what you're saying, give me a moment on that. You know, things like this, just trying to find your time. And uh, checking with some of the teachings, you know, even they're conceptual. You know, okay, this is, is this in, in line with the precepts? or not get that so because the resonance is a slower process you have to have some you know some conventional um, handholds if it's not in line with the precepts mm, not comfortable with that uh, is my speech going to be affected I'm responsible for that uh, is something asking me to, you know, lose touch with myself, to just go off into theories and where I, you know, so I don't have the time or the occasion to check in with myself, and I can't take personal responsibility. I like the sound of that. I mean, people ask me something. Do I have to have an answer? You know, can things be requests rather than demands? And if I don't have an answer, is it okay to say I don't know? 
If it's not, don't like the sound of that. <laughs> you know, thing you've got to have an answer for everything, meet every every question or or demand. No, no, things are. You have to interpret them as well. Possibility. Give me a moment. Don't know now. Think. Yeah, could be. Yeah. So you you're really trying to free yourself from these grabbed experiences. Upadana, which is the often the mode of of. Um, social domain. So there can be a rising into karma, into action, which is clear, which is well-intentioned, rather than a compulsive rush into it where it becomes tainted with ignorance and clinging. You see the temptations to hold on to phenomena, to things, hoard things, store up things. Temptation to form views and opinions, fixed views and opinions about yourself or others. And the illusory firmness, security that they present. What does it feel like? Yeah, being in prison is pretty secure. It's own way, yeah. Definitely got a roof over your head. <laughs> so take, taking the, just recognizing the way, where the real security is, is in what the world calls insecure, is in the uncertain and your ability to Flow, hand, or adjust, touch, resonate, adjust, stay alive, stay alive. Don't buy into death, which is the fixed, the embedded, the, the already known, the concrete, <laughs> yeah. the prefabricated, the constructed. This is called the dead. And uh, those who buy into that are called dead already. Their bodies are still technically alive, but their hearts are, spirits are dead. And those who maintain vigilance, pause, give true attention, these are those who are on the path to the deathless. Entering the field of karma, slowly. What seems to be outside is inside. What 
seems to be inside is really around you, around awareness. Your awareness begins to meet the feeling realm, the karmic realm, which seems to be around you in some respects. You're trying to find a way through it. Pause, widen, and your awareness moves through that, widens through that, rather like what seemed to be a ring of options and possibilities that surround you. Rightly held, your awareness expands through that, and then these are phenomena within your field of awareness. So you, you get bigger. Your awareness gets bigger than your karma. Your awareness gets bigger than your karma. It doesn't have an opinion about your karma. That's not the job of awareness. It doesn't have a job to have an opinion about it, to change it, to fix it. Its sole job is to free you so you can be aware of your karma, listen to it, make sensible choices right now as to which sankharas are endowed with faith come from faith, come from confidence, come with a sense of aspiration, something you want to live for (coughs) when you rise up. What actions, what sankharas, what formations take you there? What ones are ones that you actually want to give your energy to, not feel you have to, or are compelled to, or need to, but just you want to, you enjoy giving your energy to that. This is right energy. What kind of actions or psychological energies, if you like, are those which encourage framing, referring to, rather than totally buying into? Uh-huh. My actions are this, I'm watching that, I'm aware of that, I'm handling this lightly, carefully, steadily, rather than plunging in pulling out, gripping tightly, or dumping. You want to follow, you you can trust those. Which allow me to give a frame of reference around what I'm doing. So that awareness is held as part of the package. What actions are such that, as the results settle down, I feel a sense of contentment in the good, skillful deeds I've done. Skillful thoughts, skillful aspirations make me feel glad. My heart settles in them. Very important. Very important. Mm. That your harvester of your good deeds, so you feel happy comfortable and encouraged to maintain proper awareness. The example in the suttas in the Buddhist tradition is the was the great uh, matriarch of Sawati Visaka. He was extremely grand-hearted 
woman and very, very devout and uh, to the Buddha and the Sangha. And she was very eager to make offerings to to the bhikkhus and bhikkhunis, saying, I'd like to be able to say after the Buddha. And it's beautiful the way they phrase it. She asked, please, can I have a favor of you? <laughs> and he said, what do you want? He said, I want to be able to offer. Well, what would you like to offer? It's like, well, I want to be able to offer food for the sick, sick monks and nuns. I want to be able to offer them food. I want to be able to offer special medicines for them. For those who are going on a journey, I'd like to be able to give them support. For those who are in need of roads, I'd like to be able to offer that. And he said, hmm. He paused. Oh, Miss Arco, hmm. What benefit do you think you'll derive from that? <laughs> Well, when I do these things, my heart will be happy. When my heart is happy, my body will be tranquil. When my heart is happy, my body will be tranquil. The enlightenment factors will come to me easily. The Buddha said, good, I grant you the request. <laughs> it's lovely, you know, the sense of, you know, I want you to... Line your actions up, not with, yes, it's beautiful to do good for others, but really remember, you know, to reap and to enjoy and to take it in. Without that essential happiness and confidence, your mind is not going to unify into something deep that is a real palpable place of refuge and comfort in this rather stormy world. Mm? This is samadhi, unifying, taking in, drinking in, absorbing the grace that brings us here, the beauty of our potentials, our willingness, our warm-heartedness, living in a mutual field of acknowledging the grace, the beauty, the warmth, the intelligence of those around us, taking all in. It's really not self-image we're looking at here, but an honest appraisal of skillful conditions, their rising, their results, and, you know, taking that in till it begins to satisfy so the mind isn't bleating and whimpering and fretting. And so you, then you, you have a basis, you can begin to, again, you know, cultivating like that, samadhi, you get a sense of being able to understand conditions, the benefits of them, the skillfulness of them, and your awareness understands this is this, this is conditions, created, generated, conditions, this. And there's a knowing of that. So really the, you know, the big ongoing 
topic for all of us is how to touch into the process of translating our lives into a Dhamma that we can rely on. It's the big one. This has been a 28-day retreat or so. This other one is about 50, 60, 70 years long. (laughs) They don't need a lot of bells in it. (laughs) Sitting, walking, moving around, talking. But um, there's nothing else to do, really. Just in terms of space and time, it's just numbers. Important thing is we enter the karma, field of karma, the afflictive, the fortunate, the blessed, you know, the un- unhappy. Jitta, opening to receive that, filter it, understand it, open past that. 